How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am back. I have I have fully moved into the new house. Uh, thank you very much, Harrison, for holding down the fort. Uh, although I don't know if we're ever going to get guests again, considering you cut every single one of them off at like multiple times. Anthony, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> I th- fake news. First of all, I think people. Uh, some of this stuff is like. Honestly, just the Skype delay at times, I, I think I jump in too quickly when there's a little bit of a pause on my end. So that is my fault. But yeah, <laughs> I like how we went, how quickly you transitioned from the joke to actually, no, it, was, it might not have been my fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, plenty of stuff to talk about. I am back. Uh, I am. I'm hoping that my that my internet or my data holds up for the length of this podcast but we have a fun one here we we have a couple rumors to get to about the lakers uh we're going to talk to fred katz who hosts the locked on thunder podcast as the paul george trade that's going to directly affect the lakers in some way or form like either he leaves and comes to the lakers in a year or he stays, and the Lakers essentially traded D'Angelo Russell for cap space that they aren't going to be able to use. Uh, the Lakers are pretty much all in on this, so we I wanted to talk to Fred about uh, what that dynamic and how he thinks that'll all play out. So that'll be fun. Uh, obviously, we're going to include Harrison in that. It's been a full week since we talked, so I figured you know we'd we'd start this. We'd kind of ease our way into fully talking amongst each other because you know part of the part of the week like it was kind of nice to not have to like talk to to Harrison every other our day. guests agreed <laughs> so so uh we'll, we'll I'm looking forward to uh talking to Fred and Harrison I'm sure you're looking forward to talking to Fred so we'll get to that in a bit but before we do that make sure you're following the show on audio boom iTunes silver screen and roll tune stitcher and today's fast break today's show is brought to you by blue apron uh Honestly, Blue Apron is probably one of the best investments that my that my my wife and I have have partaken in. Whether the finance, it's cheaper, great food. We love cooking. I've lost weight. It's good stuff for all around. So we'll talk about that in a second. Let's start though with the couple of rumors, the couple of names that have been tied back to the Lakers. Rajon Rondo is one. 
Uh, Dion Waiters is another. Ben McLemore is the only non-ex Rob Palinka client who has been tied back to the Lakers. Uh, uh, that's not exactly true. Who who was the other one? So the Lakers so far, been pretty quiet free agency so far. Uh, they have spoken here. I'm going to list off the players that they've spoken with because it is not a long list. There's <laughs> six guys on it, it that we know of. So here are the guys that we know that the Lakers have spoken to since free agency started. Nick Young, uh, Rajon Rondo, uh, Le- Andre Guadalla, who already re-signed with the Warriors, Ben McLemore, who signed with the Grizzlies, Tyler Ennis, and Dion Waiters. So is Tyler Ennis the other one that is not an ex-Rob Palenka client? Because I believe well, Andre Iguodala Young, was one. It was Iguodala and Waiters are ex-Rob Palenka clients, so two of the six guys. So there's only one guy who is neither an ex-Laker or an ex-Rob Palenka client who the Lakers have have spoken to uh, reportedly, right? Yes. That's not great. And he already signed with another team. Yeah, that's not... And and you know from stuff and that they I've could heard, be speaking to guys on it just not leaking yeah. out, but somehow I kind of doubt that that they're that interested or made that substantial contact if it hasn't leaked yet because everybody leaks that their client is attached to the Lakers if they have the chance to. Yeah, and and I I also like from what I've heard they the Lakers really wanted Ben McLemore, you know my. The, the the source close to the team or the people that I clo- spoke to close to the team uh, made it sound like he was their top priority and that didn't that didn't work out and look I can't blame Ben McLemore for not wanting a one year deal especially for him coming off of his rookie deal he was his option wasn't picked up and he wanted as long as uh, he could possibly remain uh, signed and an NBA player yeah like that that seems important. So, yeah, and then I thought the other interesting tidbit to come out on Rondo, since we're talking about that and we're talking about contract length, was that the LA Times reported that the Lakers right now are only offering one-year deals, which I guess we kind of knew because we knew that they were trying to keep the cap sheet clean for 2018, but it probably also should be a little bit reassuring that like behind the scenes, they're, that's really only what they're offering. They aren't just saying that and then like, oh no, but we have exceptions. Like we'll sign Rondo to a two-year, you know, a $20 million deal or something. Yeah. I, they aren't doing that. They're, he, they're just offering one-year deals. People get really angry when we bring this up, but this is exactly, exactly what the prior administration was doing. This is exactly what Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss were doing when they were looking at LaMarcus Aldridge one year or the year before that it was LeBron and Carmelo. Yes, until they panicked and signed Dang and Mozgov, this is the same plan with more charismatic guys. Yeah, and I I mean, I'm sorry that it hurts people's feelings to find this out, but, but that's the reality. (laughs) <laughs> I got there's nothing what's the like you said the only difference is magic has a nicer smile than Mitch and, and Jim Buss combined there is a difference there though that that's important like we're laughing it off a little bit but there is a difference I mean uh, recruiting matters being able to recruit matters and, and look so how well they've been able to recruit though 
Well, but they're they're two days into free agency offering one-year deals. I just don't think that they're the most appealing option for most guys right now. I think less to do with their recruiting and more to do with what they're able to offer because of the reality of them trying to keep 2018 cap space free. Yeah, that, that 2018 cap space filling the wing this year is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. 2018 cap space has never missed a bucket, man. <laughs> Do you think the, it'll get, like, one of those random uh, nicknames that, like, Jimmy Buckets gets? You know, Jimmy gets buckets. It'll be Cap. No, 2018 Cap gets buckets space. Do you think that'll work out? That's, a, that's Not your a, best work. I'm, a, I, I am going to get a 2018 Cap space jersey, though. I'm very excited for that one. Yeah, somebody – look, Vegas is coming up here in a week or so, in about five days or so. And then from there, you have an entire week to show up to Thomas and Mac wearing a 2018 cap space shirt. If you do that, and if you find either Harrison or I uh, in the crowd or in Thomas and Mac or just anywhere around Vegas, I will buy you a beer. I will buy you whatever drink you want, uh, so long as it's not like Blue Label. But whatever it is, uh, find us out. And if you wear that jersey, I will buy you a shirt. And I'll follow you on Twitter. Why not? We'll do that. Um, all right, let's. I, I wanted to continue this conversation before we get to Fred. So let's really quickly talk about our friends over at Blue Apron. Uh, Blue Apron is, like I said earlier, it the food comes in really fresh. Uh, my favorite aspect of Blue Apron is that the food comes in and it comes in and, and it's a it's a cooled box. It has you know ice packs and it's it looks in, like some NASA thing. <laughs> like it's pretty cool. Yeah, but. If you aren't home, because a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work from home, but if you aren't home and that box is sitting out front, a lot of people were thinking, well, wait, that food's going to go bad. No, that the food stays fresh. I mean, unless the box, you're in, the box is a refrigerator. Yeah. Unless, unless you're in like Arizona in the middle of summer, you know, then, then you're going to want to, you know, make sure you're home as quickly as possible to get that food. But so long as the temperatures are decent, that food stays fresh for a really long time. I uh, would imagine it would be just fine there, too, considering that it flies in the bottom of airplanes. I, I think it's going to be fine no matter what. And I have personally appreciated it over the last couple of weeks because it's allowed me to uh, – to, my mom is still recovering from knee surgery. And it's allowed me to make nice dinners for her so that she doesn't you know, have to feel as much like you know, she she's – you know, I think it takes her away from like recovering from knee surgery a little bit to have like a nice home cooked meal. There's just something about that. I would imagine so. Unless you're feeding her vegetarian food, then it's like you're doing more. I am, and nobody has complained in my family. Nobody's even asked if there's like meat or anything and stuff. Like <laughs> nobody notices. That's how good the food is. Your family's way nicer than I am. <laughs> that would be my first question. When do we get meat? <laughs> uh, but the but the vegetarian food that they offer is great. Uh, my last thing that I wanted to add to this is that we just moved, obviously, and updating the information and getting the food shipped to the new house has been insanely easy. So again, blueapron.com is the way to go there. That's blueapron.com slash Lakers. One more time, blueapron.com slash Lakers uh, to get $30 off of your first order. So Great deal there. All right, let's move on really quickly. I wanted to keep. I wanted to talk about the actual guys that the Lakers have actually spoken to here. Uh, first and foremost, I sent out a tweet that people either loved or hated, uh, but the Lakers can't go off 
and say they traded D'Angelo Russell in part because of chemistry issues or locker room issues, and then turn around and say, uh, we want Rajon Rondo. That doesn't work. He is not He is not the kind of... Now, uh, Sean Hyken of the Locked On Bulls has repeatedly told me that, or, or has said that, you know, he was a... Rajon Rondo earned the respect of a lot of the kids out there in Chicago and he was the one that they all swore by and followed Uh, the Wade and Butler had issues with them yeah so I mean that's worth pointing out uh but again I just that's one season compared to a pretty long list of teams who were not happy with Rajon Rondo while he was there so I think that there's there's both sides of this can kind of make a case either for or against him being a locker room issue on the for side you have you know, he, he's clashed with basically every single coach he's ever had. He's kind of a notorious – he's like a very bristly guy a little bit. He's someone who, you know, either you have his respect or you don't, I think, by all accounts. And so between the, – there's those two things. There were – there was the homophobic slur directed at Bill Kennedy a couple years ago. And there's just enough little things here where you're like, okay, maybe this guy could be an issue and maybe that's not the best influence around the young guys. But then on the flip side, you have the young Chicago Bulls swearing by him. You have uh, you have his charity work, which is really admirable in the city of Chicago, where he's been working with youths and trying to give them a male role model. So, I, I mean, I think that there there's two sides to this and ultimately the answer is somewhere in the middle and the Lakers have to do their due diligence and decide whether or not this is a guy that ultimately warts and all the, that the positives outweigh the negatives of bringing him in as a potential mentor for Lonzo ball, which the report said that that's what they want to do. I just, you can, would you agree that there's a, there's a double standard in play here at the very least that like this doesn't, in terms of the way this looks or the perception of, of the decision-making process here, this isn't the greatest look, right? For anybody who isn't just enamored by the name Rajon Rondo, the, like to me, the first thing that jumped out to my mind was, cool, this is more fuel for the people like myself who weren't thrilled about the D'Angelo Russell trade to say... Wait, what I don't the think they're related, to be honest. I think the Russell thing, like, sure, I don't think that they were the biggest fans of him from a personal perspective, whatever, locker room-wise. But I think, ultimately, the reason they made that deal was the 2018 cap space. And right. did they sell lower on Russell because they really wanted to get that 2018 cap space? I think so. but I th- And because they aren't the biggest fans of his, sure. But I think that the 2018 cap space was the biggest thing there. But you can't. But you, it can be the biggest thing. Maybe like if you're innocent, if you're thinking about this innocently, sure, like that. I'm fine with thinking that maybe. But they leaked stuff behind the scenes about what what went on with D'Angelo Russell, and then Magic questioned his character publicly as well. Like though you can't. It'd be one thing if he if those if those quotes about what went on behind the scenes, and Magic's quotes publicly didn't happen then fine sure you can look at ron john rondo and you can say because i I do think rondo makes some sense for the lakers some i don't think i mean the lakers desperately need shooting he is not that 
Uh, yeah, so, though, I think Rob Polinka he gave an interview going into free agency to Mike Trudell of Lakers.com that said that they wanted to add shooting and defense, and uh, Rondo adds neither. But <laughs> I guess he has passed the ball before and uh, therefore, you know, can be Lonzo Ball's facilitation mentor. Yeah, so I, I, I guess for me, it's it's I'm a slave to PR, and as such, like the 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 conflicting messages that have come out since the D'Angelo Russell trade make me feel all the worse about what went on, what was actually going on there. Like I've I've always been of the opinion that I think Magic might have held it against D'Angelo Russell that. Russell may have potentially gotten his boy Byron fired. And as such, I don't know if he's been able to move on from that and moved on quickly from D'Angelo Russell as a result of of that, you know, potential grudge there. And, you know, if that's the case and he isn't necessarily doing what's best for the team, uh, then Magic is just flat out not doing his job. And then look, I I know I know that like you said earlier that it could be that they're talking to these to, to other players and we just haven't heard about it at all. But it's weird to me that they've talked to six total guys this offseason. Six. You know, he you at least want to send out feelers with some of these guys to see what kind of value And they probably get. have. And it's just not substantial enough interest to get leaked. And also you got fined. Oh, I did, huh? Damn it. Yeah, you did. And uh, to be honest, I, I just I don't think of this as a, I think this and the D'Angelo Russell thing. I, I think these are totally separate, uh, separate discussions, to be honest. I mean, you and I are probably going to have to agree to disagree there. I just don't I don't see how you separate any of this front office's moves, seeing as how few moves they've actually made. Like, for, it'd be one thing if they had if they had. A treasure well, number trove. one, I mean, I think it's more of a discussion if they actually bring in Rondo. I just think that they, they haven't brought him in yet, even. And it, they, you know, it, it's definitely not for sure that they're bringing him in, I think. So I think that's part of it. And then I also just think that we we can't just sit here and link every single decision that they make for the rest of the year and every single thing and every single guy that they talk to back to the Russell trade. I think at some point it becomes time to like, you know, let's let's look at this on the more macro sense and we can come back to that move and look at the domino effect when it's a little bit more far removed and we can kind of start to see what the consequences of all this stuff was. I don't know. I mean, that's like saying, you know, there's a fire in the backyard. Well, we'll just move on from that. Really, Somebody stabs my tires or something. And then asks me, "Hey, can we move on really quickly? Can we just move on and, and maintain?" Well, our if somebody if somebody stabbed your tires, but then it turned out that somebody was walking down the street within the next uh, hour to offer you free tires that were better than the tires you had before, then yeah, that would make it a different scenario. I'd still pretty. It was it was pretty... bad process leading to good results. Oh, the... I, you know I hate this. You know I hate the. the... I don't you admit huh? it. What's that? Just owned you admit. No, you did. I hate the whole the idea that like somehow results make up for for process is just it's an asinine thought process. It's so stupid. Like ultimately, the scoreboard is what matters. This is sports. Good lord! I want the rings. I'm gonna take another week off. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Um. All right. It, 
are there any of these names here that you prefer any of uh, over any of the others? In case you know the next time people the four hear names from... left, yeah, <laughs> that haven't signed somewhere. You know, let's let's bring back T-shirt enthusiast Tyler Ennis. I I don't know, man. I'm like uh, Nick Young to me is like another name. We could take his name out of the hat. I don't think he's coming back. No. I think like that. You know, they reached out to him, but I don't think like I, I really want to see the splash triplets. So let's send Nick Young to Golden State. And, you know, Rondo versus Ennis, I personally would lean Ennis, but who knows? I could be swayed to Rondo, I guess. I, it's, the thing is, is if they're offering one-year deals, it's almost impossible to sign a bad one-year contract, mm-hmm. be, especially in a year when you're not trying to win. So it's, like, it's kind of, to me, it's almost like who cares? They're just, these are their 14th and 15th guys, really. I mean, maybe some of them will leapfrog the rookies that they drafted. But that we're talking about, we are not talking about like their first options here. Oh, oh I actually think and, Rondo would start for this team. I don't, I don't know if that's accurate. Uh, who's Clarkson's going to play over him? I think they're going to sign another wing. See, that's 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 what I was going to say. Was that like the name that that. I've heard. Yeah, Waiters all... is the big name here that we also need to address. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Waiters that actually bring makes us the most Dion sense. discussion. <laughs> I would. I. That's the. That's the name. Dion Waiters is the guy who, if the Lakers were able to get him somehow on a second consecutive make good deal, that's when I'd say, okay, one, their selling ability is is more than maybe we thought it might be. Uh, although he is a former Rob Polinka client, I was going to so say there's... we literally have empirical evidence that Rob Polinka can sell Dion Waiters <laughs> because he's done it once before. Right, and so you know, and and look, Waiters made good on his first make good contract, so he's going to be in line for either a really big one year deal if he gets it from the Lakers, or I would imagine he'd probably see a few years from from some other team. Uh, although cap space is kind of drying up uh, all around him. And Lakers then, just need to use all their cap space on waiters. That's the conclusion I've come to. I mean, they basically can, right? They have 13 guys on their roster, so like, why yeah, not? Yeah, why not? If they, they can sign minimum deals to get the rest of the guys, just give waiters $19 million. Yeah. <laughs> all right, done. We fixed the Lakers. Um, the last one, all right, I, I haven't seen this uh, reported anywhere or you know even whispered about, but... The name that I kind of want to have a little bit of fun with here is Tyreek Evans. Is Tyreek Evans a free agent? That's where his stock is at for me. I didn't even know. I believe he is because I saw I think, his... Yeah, I think he is. I think I remember this. Yeah. But your your thoughts on him potentially coming to the Lakers? Uh, I don't have a lot of Tyreek Evans thoughts. That guy <laughs> has ceased to be relevant to me for quite some time now, but... I, I don't know. I mean, why 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 does he intrigue you? Well, so when he's healthy, so his his number one issue has always been his health, right? Like that's far and away. And and look, when it comes to your top prioritized abilities, availability is the number one at, at all times. Period. You don't want to sign dead money. So that's the caveat here. That's why I could see some people being hesitant to to be interested in. Tyreek Evans. All that said, he's had he's shown an ability to play the one, two, and sometimes the three spot, uh, which the Lakers could use sometimes even well. 
Some, sometimes, look, I, I'm higher on Tyreek Evans than other, obviously, seeing as I brought him up. But I also think, too, he's more realistic than Deion Waiters is to take such, you know, the, the one I think that's deal. fair to say. And so I would say with, with Tyreek Evans, now he's not going to help the shooting that, that the Lakers desperately need. Waiters would obviously be better there. Uh, but he's not going to help the defense. He's probably, well, neither of those guys. Well, I guess Waiters was better. No, Deion than, Waiters' defensive metrics last year were pretty good. The yeah. Heat were better with him on the floor than off. That comic Which isn't, you know, that's not perfect, but I mean, like it was significant enough that sure, I'd buy Dion Waiters as an acceptable defender. It was a uh, Cranjus McBasketball, Tim underscore NBA said that there were metrics that rated Dion Waiters as the eighth best defender in the entire NBA last season oh. of shooting guard, I think was the caveat there. So. I mean, I, I don't think anyone would agree with that. That's one of those cases where the data is obviously skewed a little bit in some ways. But he's not like an awful defender at the very least. No, I, I would. I don't think his numbers or his defensive abilities are up there with what his numbers showed them to be last year. But I also don't think he's as bad as most people think when you immediately think of Deion Waiters. I think that's how I would probably define him. And by the way, Tyreek Evans is actually a free agent this year. Yes, he did. I, I looked it up while you were talking. That's why I asked you to talk a little trade secret. <laughs> so uh, between those two guys, so let's say waiters costs, it would probably cost co- close to, like we joked about it, but it would probably cost close to that like $18 million one-year deal, right? For, yeah, for if you were getting him on a one-year deal, it probably would cost something like that. So and then you, he's going to sign for like $9 million with the Rockets or something tomorrow just to like prove us wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, if he signs a two-year deal for $9 million, then... No, like a two-year deal for... Yeah, two-year deal for $9 million, not $9 million annually. Yeah, I, I would actually... That'd be a really fun dynamic with him. On, I, I really liked a lot the Rockets, but... Uh, if it costs you one year, say six million dollars with or or six and a half for for Tyreek Evans, who would you rather have between those two guys? To be honest, I don't care. I don't think it matters for this year because this year doesn't matter for the Lakers. There, it's all about 2018 cap space. I'm trying to like rack my brain for which one is going to help the young guys develop more, and I think it's probably Waiters just because he can shoot a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably lean Waiters, even with the higher cost, because it's not my money, and it's not like the Lakers are going to sign any other like huge difference makers. So I'd lean Waiters. Yeah, I would. Man, that's a tough one. I might say Evans just because I'm 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 a slave to value, and I feel like you're really buying you're buying high on Dion. Well, what's the extra right cap space getting you? Well, it I've always, especially in the off season, if you can help another team and absorb yeah, a contract into so you can maybe att- uh, you know potentially get an extra asset there. That's that's what I would be looking to do there. That's fair. I mean that that's that's an interesting option. I, I don't know that there are teams looking to unload those deals right now, but the Lakers seem to, at least the last couple of years, seem to always be able to find someone. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's another option. I, I'd still probably lean Waiters just because I think he does help the young guys a little bit more. But mm-hmm. it, it's like I said, I don't have like a really strong opinion on it because I don't think that either of those guys are going to be with the team for longer than a year anyway. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. I, I'd, I'd be surprised if either of those guys last past the deadline. You know, I, I feel like this. I would hope, please, 
dear lord <laughs> please tell me that these guys are going to be more active at the trade deadline than than mitch and jim were because they moved lou williams last year they yeah. they didn't they didn't leak anything except for that they had like people calling him about them that good that was good that was good work all right uh without further ado though we're, there's going to be plenty of time to talk about Ty- Tyreek Evans throughout the offseason. As the Lakers have us, ha- that's been the number one thing that I've been thrown off by, is how quiet it's been with the Lakers. Because usually... Just, it's the one-year deal thing. They don't have much to offer. Teams are going to start to come back to them. Like We're going to start hearing about them once like the desirable destinations have dried up. No, I agree. I, I understand why that's the case, but... Even even if the Lakers aren't active because of their one-year deal constraint, like in years past, they were still being bandied about with all these agents and, and you know guys trying to get a little extra leverage. I haven't heard that as much this year. The only guy who I really heard that with or I really felt that way with was with Andre Iguodala, who was very obviously doing whatever he could possibly do to get paid and stay with the Golden State Warriors. So. Yeah, that's been like reported that he was deliberately playing those teams for leverage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was yeah. pretty obvious. Like it's not there. even just speculation. Like that's out there. <laughs> Did he tweet about it yet? Like I'm sure he. <laughs> no, he he didn't report it. He reported his own contract, and then other people reported that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh that's fun stuff. I oh, like, I, real quick, we yeah. should before we get to Fred, we should. Uh, Tark Black was waived over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, your thoughts on the move? Well, for one thing, I really enjoyed following slash covering him. You know, he, he's he's a really stand-up dude. He's probably one of the most impressive athletes I've ever heard speak. Uh, so even if he doesn't find a destination to play basketball, he has a bright future for him wherever he goes. He's just he's that impressive a dude. Yep, I 100% agree. Tarek was... The type of guy that, like, before games, he'd always take the time to chat with you. Uh, after games, he was uh, very, very often the last guy at his locker talking and finishing questions with reporters because he wasn't a guy that would, like, they'd ever cut off the press conference for, that he'd be trying to get ready to walk out as you were talking to him. Like, he would he would stand there and he would ask questions until people didn't have any more questions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's like an inside bait. And he was just a really good dude. He was a really nice guy. And, uh, you know, I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes uh, next. Newly married. And I, he's and- an NBA player. Uh, it shouts to the Lakers' former head coach. He he very much has proved that he's an NBA player. And I would love to see what he could do with a team like the Warriors or something like that. He's he's newly married, right? He got married this past year. And I believe they're expecting a child. So uh, all the best for Tarek moving forward. And And, yeah, I think... Some good team out there is going to need energy off the bench, and they're going to be thrilled with what he offers. Yeah, because any good coach would notice that Tarek Black definitely brings plenty of energy. <laughs> that was some that was some Fifty Shades of Shade stuff right there. All right, so let's uh, let's throw to this conversation that we're about to have with Fred Katz. This was a, this is going to be a really fun one. I'm really looking forward to you know these three part these three part uh, interviews with the three of us uh, tend to be a lot of fun, a lot of back and forth, uh, and all that good stuff. So uh, there is definitely nothing astir if Harrison is in this po- in this interview. If he isn't, you know, then you know 
we'll see where the relationship goes from there. But I I wasn't worried about it until just now. I'm getting left out, aren't I? I I, I mean, of course not, Harrison. Let's talk to Fred. Anthony, how's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Nice, you know, nothing really going on. I, I mean, I'm honestly, it sounds facetious, but the Lakers have been insanely quiet this offseason. Like this, this since free agency started, they said that they weren't going to leak, and it's just been we've been sitting here on our hands, like wondering, all right, well, what's gonna <laughs> what's gonna happen now? Uh, but fortunately, because the Lakers get tied back to everything, this Paul George trade is really interesting for everybody out here in Los Angeles as well, and I'm sure everybody out there in Oklahoma City is is pretty thrilled to to watch. I would argue one of the more dynamic duos in across the league, right? Yeah, so that's something I was wondering. I was talking about that with uh, with the Podfather David with David Locke, and and we were wondering like where where does this rank amongst the best duos in the NBA with Russ and Paul George? So there's there's obviously Stephen. LeBron and Kyrie's got to be in there. Stephen yeah. Durant is obvious. Stephen Durant's obviously number one, mm-hmm. and LeBron and Kyrie's got to be there just because it has LeBron. Um, and then you'll have although I think both Russ and Paul George are better than better than Kyrie. You've now got Chris Paul and James Harden as someone in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Am I forgetting anybody else? Uh, well, like basketball Twitter keeps telling me that Ben Simmons and Embiid belong in there. <laughs> 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 uh, but, but no, I would probably put, I'd probably put George and uh, Russ. I would put them third, like two a kind of with yeah. LeBron yeah, and Wall, Curry. Wall and Beal is someone that people are going to say. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd put those guys ahead of of I'd put uh, George and Rush ahead of those guys just for the simple fact that both those guys are going to be out to send another message. Like Russell Rusberg's entire season last year was a giant middle finger, basically. Like, watch what I can do, and then I think he's going to try to double down on that this year now that he has a legitimate teammate uh, to to really roll off of. And I I would imagine I, I don't think. He doesn't really give off the vibe, Russell Westbrook doesn't, that he necessarily cares about criticism all that much. But I do think he he probably heard a billion times that, you know, well, those those stats are great, but another, you know, it was a first-round exit, and they didn't necessarily scrape into the playoffs, but I believe they were the seventh seed, right? So I'm sure he heard enough throughout the entire year that, like, well, what would he do if he had a teammate? Would those numbers still be there? Uh, can he do those numbers or can he put out that production on a winning team? So I'm sure this year it's going to be really fun to watch him and Paul George figure things out on the roll. And I would imagine Russ is going to go out of his way to really immerse Paul George in the Oklahoma City culture because he needs to. He he needs to stick around long term for this to really work out. Right. Well, one of the things that 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 this organization had to do and I talked about this with Royce a little bit. Royce and I did that emergency podcast. And if you want to listen to like the the raw analysis of like just after learning it happened, you can head on to wherever you listen to Lock Not Thunder, and you can listen to that there. That's my that's my plug, my plug for my stuff. Was it was but, it pretty much was it pretty much just like wow? <laughs> like honestly, if it was my job to analyze that trade right after the fact, I would have just said wow about thirty seven different times. It was there were a lot of wows at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think we got a little bit more analytical near the end, although uh we were also slightly delirious because it was literally 
like three in the morning when we finished. <laughs> so, and we had been working all day. And like in my case, I had been on a flight to Orlando and had been working. And there was just a lot of chaos happening in in both of our lives for the previous like twelve hours. And uh, I, yeah, I think I think that probably came through by the time it was by the time it was three a.m. Uh, but yeah, I think there was one thing. If there was one thing the organization had to do this offseason, it had to put Russell Westbrook in a position to where he didn't have to play the same way that he did this past season. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't think that like Russ Russ didn't necessarily play this way because he was put in the position to where he had to play this way. That's not necessarily something I believe. Like he he has always wanted to play this way. It's in his basketball DNA to want to play this way. He tried to play this way when he was playing next to Kevin Durant. He just couldn't play to this extreme when he was next to Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant was there. And you couldn't necessarily justify it or Kevin Durant would just end up holding on to the ball or whatever it was. But you just you couldn't do that with Kevin Durant there. And I don't think you can necessarily do it with Paul George there. But but just taking off the pressure from Russ to at least make him think that he doesn't have to play that way, even if he didn't actually have to play that way, to convince him that he doesn't have to play that way because he's with I don't know, what's Paul George? Top top twelve player probably. I probably yeah, got- twelve or thirteen. Yeah, you've got him as as a top 12-ish, certainly a top 15 player, probably. Uh, Then it just makes things mentally easier for him. I mean, forget the physical toll. It just makes things mentally easier for him, I think. I I, I would say, because like last year, it was always crazy to me that on some random like Tuesday night in Milwaukee... Russ would just go off and still have I mean I don't I don't I can't recall his numbers from the one time they played in Milwaukee last year but but it was insane to me that like every single night night in night out he was willing to put his body on the line to to get the numbers that he was and I I agree that I think you know I don't think he's going to average a triple double next year again but I you know the idea that on those nights that he does get a triple double, because I, I, the record that they had last year when he got triple doubles was really good, right? Like that was one of those weird narratives that was going around the NBA that he was doing that and they were empty stats, which I, I it's such a haterific take. But, but I, I think this year when he gets those triple doubles and, and to go with that, if Paul George has even a, you know, average night. That's a win. That's an automatic win for the Oklahoma City Thunder, almost regardless of who they're playing. And I think George complements Russ's game almost perfectly with how well he could play off ball. He's a he's a great cutter. He's a great spot up shooter. He's really good at attacking the uh, because he's such a great spot up shooter. They have to close out hard at him, and he's really good at attacking that. So you're going to see like this really fun dynamic between those two guys. And by the way, Paul George helps Russell Westbrook defensively on the perimeter, which is this weird thing that like I'd like Russ to be better at it, but it's hard to ask for more from Russ. And and I just think George plugs in a bunch of gaps that that really the Thunder desperately needed last year. It, it's kind of too bad that Oladipo didn't turn out to be more of that. But but when you you know basically turn Victor Oladipo into Paul George and and Demont and and Sabonis is kind of a tough to give up kind of player too. But when you turn those two guys into a top thirteen player, that's a great way to go back to Russ and say, look, we're committed to keeping you around and maintaining competitiveness throughout the entirety of your next contract. That was the major goal here, right? That had to have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely did, and we'll see. So so that 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 can bring us into why we specifically 
are doing a podcast about Paul George. Why would anybody who covers the Lakers do a podcast about Paul George if the trade <laughs> was between Indiana and Oklahoma City? Well, there was this, I don't know if you heard all this, but, you know, I guess the, 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 the Lakers and Paul George have been linked a couple times this offseason. I don't know if you if you picked up on those stories at all. But, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd say the Laker fans... Look, I, I tweeted out after the fact, and I didn't. I don't mean this as a slight to Oklahoma City, but of all the non-Lakers trade situations, this, like as a Laker fan, I can't help but feel like this is a pretty good one if you're hoping for the Lakers to be able to have a chance at Paul George next year in free agency. As, as great as those two guys are, and they're phenomenal, I think Oklahoma City is a top. They're, they, they sh- I would imagine they'll be contending for home court uh by the by the time the playoffs roll around they'll be in that like four spot is my kind of guess uh but that's still like for Paul George is that the type of title contention that he might have had in say Cleveland or he might have had in say Boston if they if Danny Ainge ever ponied up uh I, I would say for Laker fans we have to be sitting here right now and saying all right yeah they might have a chance even after Paul George has what should be a pretty fun season in Oklahoma City to to get this guy after the fact am i am i too am i crazy there am i am i being a homer or what do you think no i i think what you're saying makes a lot of sense i think much of the league believed believes that paul george is going to the lakers and you know why people tend to believe that this is not a kevin durant to dc thing it's not a rust to the lakers thing people believe that because he tells everyone like, <laughs> why do people believe? Why do people believe that? Like, he's going. Like, he's just telling everyone he wants to go to the Lakers. So, who knows what's going to happen this year? I, I think the Thunder. The worst case scenario, if you're a Lakers fan, is if Indiana just says screw it and holds on to him. Yeah, that's that's that's. I mean, that's or I should say, I mean, the best case scenario, if you're a Lakers fan, is if Indiana just says screw it and holds on to him, and then he's like, "What are you doing?" and and leaves. I think the Thunder will have a better chance to hold on to him than Indiana did. Because first of all, if Indiana couldn't do it in, you know, the number of years that Paul George was there, they're not going to be able to do it in one. And the Thunder will still be able to give him, like the Thunder will presumably, Indiana's coming off a 42-win season. And next year they weren't going to be much better. This year, this Thunder team, they're still putting it together. Gibson's gone. That was expected. They maybe could use a power forward. Maybe. Uh, I think Jeremy Grant is probably not ready for that. They could probably use another shooter or two. They could certainly use a backup point guard. I think these are all things they're working on and they're possibly trying to go out and get. Obviously, they're talking to Rudy Gay as well. So I don't think this roster is complete and I don't think we can talk about it. But I think it's fair to guess that a team with that twosome at the front and some other good talent there, I think Steven Adams is going to have a good year and such. Like, I think, like you said, I think it's fair to say this team is going to win 50. Mm-hmm. And if you're coming off a 50-win season and and you don't have – the difference is like – People say you need more time to convince a guy to stay. And maybe this is my homerific take. But if you – people say you need – you know, oh, you want the time to convince a guy to stay. Sometimes the time works against you. Sometimes the more time that you have to convince the guy to stay, all he sees is that he doesn't want to stay. Sometimes the the full season where everything just happens to go well, let's say everything magically goes well this season. Russ has an incredible year. George has the best year of his career, which is totally possible. He's like basically entered his prime last year and had arguably the best year of his career this past season. So 
it's totally possible he could have the best year of his career this year. I don't see why not playing alongside the best player he's ever played against. And they're going to use him for more efficient shot opportunities. I mean, he might be able to go harder on defense because of that and all those things. So let's say he has the best year. The Thunder win 50 some odd games. They have a nice playoff run and, and he, and he realizes how much he likes it there. Now I'm not saying that there is, these are, this is all the absolute best case scenario scenario for what happens with the Thunder. But I kind of think that it's one of those scenarios where because of, you know, it, Oklahoma City is not like Los Angeles. I don't think anybody is going to disagree with me on that point. And it's one of those scenarios where I think having the less time to convince him might actually be more advantageous than having more time, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like it, you, it's easier to make that decision when you're still in the honeymoon phase, basically. You know? Yes, you just said what I was going to say in a way more concise way. <laughs> well, I, I think, and I think there's a lot to that. And I think if you're, like, if you're, Let's say Chicago was the team that picked up Paul George, right? And it's a big market, and it's a lot of the same things that he'd be maybe hoping for by coming out here to Los Angeles that, you know, it's close enough that maybe you can get him to buy in on, hey, if, like, Los Angeles is a 10, we're, like, an 8.5. Whereas, like, Oklahoma City, I, I've never been out there, but, you know, I the, the, the thinking that I kind of have is where it's, like, it's more quaint. Uh, it's you have, you have more of a a... I guess a, a down home feel to it, you know, and and it's it's different enough that he might say, you know what, this is kind of this is kind of nice. These fans out here, Oklahoma City's fans, like I would still argue, are some of the best in the entire league. So, like, I think there's a really good chance that after a 50 win season, and let's say that you know they get to the second round and they go up against uh, the, the the Warriors. And they contend against the Warriors, and he get he kind of buys into being a part of that rivalry that's kind of built because Kevin Durant went out to Golden State. Then yeah, like at the end of that year, I could totally see him saying, "Hey, this was this was a lot of fun." And looking at Los Angeles and saying, "Wait, you guys are how far from that?" You know, and and that's what I would be hoping for if I was an OKC fan. But you know, again, like for me as as a Lakers guy, and I, if this guy's made has already uh, mine has already been made up. I think he's a good enough dude to really give it a go out there in Oklahoma City. But the day, I think it was the the exact day that he was being traded, earlier that day he was being told or he was reportedly telling, I think it was via Tanya Ganguly of the Times, that his friends were telling people throughout the league that he's still coming to Los Angeles. So like, I, it's it's there's this weird relationship juxtaposition between the two stories and the way this all could turn out. I think it's what it's probably the most interesting story going into the year, right? Like I don't, off the top of my head, I can't think of a of a storyline that could have a larger impact on on the league as next year's free agency comes to pass, uh, other than LeBron and Dan Gilbert like openly hating each other. Like, like the other than that, like I think Paul George and how he likes it in OKC is going to be a huge storyline for next year. Also, I mean because indirectly it's going to affect how lebron feels about la because there those rumors have been floated out there as well and i'm not i'm not one to really believe that i'll believe that when i see it but if paul george doesn't like it in okc and he comes out to los angeles and and dan gilbert annoys lebron enough that lebron and george say they want to team up then you know maybe i i, I still don't believe it because that's exactly what got the lakers into trouble in the first place um, yeah, and I mean, Paul, Paul George as well, just to add on, like how much Paul George likes OKC also very well may directly affect Russell Westbrook's chances of staying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if 
now I'm not saying Russ is not going to extend because I don't I don't know if he if he will or if he won't. I think the organization is if if you made the organization guess if he was going to stay or not going to stay, I think they think there's a better chance he's going to stay or not. But I also get the sense that there's a lot more uh, measuredness when guessing if Russ is going to stay than there was for Kevin Durant. I think they still very much remember how they felt when they thought Kevin Durant was staying mm-hmm. until a week or two before they were certain Kevin Durant was staying. And I think because of that, they're playing this in a lot more measured fashion than they were with Durant. And I don't think they want to get burned that same sort of way, you know? And uh, I, I think it's possible Russ signs an extension this summer. And this might be a moot point after he if he does sign the extension, it, it would be a moot point. But if Russell Westbrook doesn't sign the extension and they're going to the risk and Russ says, all right, let's see how this works. And if this works, we're good. I'm happy here, and I want to be here. So if I can be on a good team here, then there's no reason for me to go elsewhere. And if it if it works, even if Paul George, I don't even know if it's contingent on Paul George stays, so Russ stays. I think it's just if it works, then it just gives you so much more of a chance at keeping Russ. If it works, especially with them possibly going into the tax, showing him that they're going to spend small market team that's not necessarily a championship contender because how many teams are when the Warriors exist? There's mm-hmm. probably one championship contender in the entire NBA, unless you maybe want to say Cleveland, just because you have the respect for LeBron, which is fine. But small market team that's not a championship contender does not pay the tax. And if they end up paying the tax and they went out and made a big move and gets Paul George, all of those things can add up to Russ, too. And if, if Russ doesn't want to stay in Oklahoma City, I mean, that's a bigger deal than George not staying in Oklahoma City. Not not only because he's a better player than Paul George, and this is his team, but it would be another guy leaving Oklahoma City, you know? And and Paul George is, uh, you know, he, do, he doesn't have the ties to Oklahoma City. There wouldn't be that sort of Russ leaving, KD leaving, LeBron leaving. Like, those are all sort of along the same category, you know, if Russ were to end up doing it. And Paul George, I think, would be in a different category. You don't have the narrative on top of the talent. I think Russ would have him trumped in both of those. But Paul George, how this ends up could, depending on whether Westbrook or not signs the extension this summer, it could end up having an effect on what his decision would be. And it's just so many ripples. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I I was going through I, while you were talking, I was trying to go through all of the different scenarios here, and and it's like that GIF from uh, The Hangover, where where Alan is playing blackjack, and you have all these numbers kind of floating in front of my face. I can't even try to keep up with all the different ways that this all could turn out. I was surprised. Though, I w- I wanted to touch on the Russell Westbrook thing a little bit longer. I was surprised that we didn't hear more. Like Ramona went out of her way to say because I think Shelburne was the one who. Uh, reported the initial Paul George trade. She right. went. She went out of her way to say that this doesn't necessarily affect Russell's interest in signing a signing that supermax deal. He's eligible to sign it right now, right? If they offered it to him, they could offer it to him, right? They have offered it to him. Yeah, and and I was surprised that that was that was something that she went out of her way to to report. Is there anything that you can add to that? That like. Am I am I reading too far into that? That wasn't news almost right away. Because for me, if I was Russell Westbrook and I just got Paul George, I would want to show the commitment to the organization to maybe convince Paul George to stick around. Yeah, I mean, the impression that I've got is he wants to see how it works. And I, I don't know if he is 100% certain right now that he wants to be back. Now, like I said, I think there's a greater than 50% chance mm-hmm. he ends up coming. But but I, I'm not totally sold on it. I mean, it's, it's certainly plausible that he ends up going elsewhere. I, I think the difference here is 
that the Thunder, who aren't 100% sure either if he's going to end up signing that extension or if he's going to end up re-signing next year, it's just an interesting heel turn for an organization that almost always plays it cautiously. I kind of thought if trading for Sam Presti was such an would be or say, trading for Sam Presti, trading for Paul George would be such an un-Sam Presti-like move. I kind of thought if if Westbrook showed that he didn't want to extend them right away, they're just going to start shopping him. And what they did was they got rid of a contract in Old Depots that they weren't too excited to have, and they they kind of. Regret is the wrong word in giving out that deal because I don't think they regret it because you know what? If they don't extend Victor Oladipo, then they don't make the Paul George trade. So there's a good lesson inside this trade. By the way, extend your rookies. It almost always worked out for you. (laughs) Especially like rookie contracts are gold. I don't think – I don't understand – like Ben McLemore is going to be this kind of – if I couldn't you see Ben McLemore kind of going to, I don't know, San Antonio – revitalizing his career and then Sacramento looking like the Kangs all over again. Like it, the, these rookie contracts are you're, pretty easy. You're describing, you're describing what people thought about uh, Ray McCallum right now. Yeah, I guess that's true. And, and he kind of disappeared. So <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but I, all right. So I wanted to, in terms of the basketball, we, we kind of alluded to, we think that the, the Thunder could win 50 games. Is that enough? Is 50 games enough? To, to have him stick around uh, or, you know, are, are the Thunder done dealing? Because <laughs> this is this has kind of turned into a Thunder podcast, but frankly, the Lakers haven't done anything. So like all the Lakers can really do is kind of sit around and watch what other guys or other teams are doing. But for, for the Thunder, I, I saw Rudy Gay is kind of t- uh, connected to the to the Thunder. And, you know, if you guys want a a semi-worn and torn Luol Deng, uh, you guys are more than welcome to take <laughs> take, that <laughs> take that off the Lakers' hands. But is, is, the, is this enough, do you think, with the talent on the basketball court right now to convince Paul, all right, we're going in the right direction, we're going to be able to, to put a title continuer around you in the next four years of how long he would extend? I don't think they're done. There's going to be more. I think they're going to get a backup point guard at least. They're interested in Rudy Gay. It's a little complicated with Rudy Gay just because I've heard his market is in like the 10 to 12 million a year range. And obviously he's coming off the the Achilles injury, but the Thunder don't have that to give out. I mean, they don't don't have that room. They would have to convince him to take the mid-level exception or or lower than that. So I I don't know if he's going to do that to come – guys historically who have been good players have not taken less money to come back to the Thunder or to come to the Thunder when they've never actually played there. It's just never happened before. It would be literally the first time a player had done that. Maybe with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, they'd want to after the season Westbrook had. Maybe somebody says, I want to play with that guy. Wouldn't be absolutely shocking. It would just be the first time it happened. So I'm not necessarily predicting that it ends up happening, uh, but they, they're they interesting. Like with Gibson gone, it's possible they go out and get another four. But now, like, because they always had big bigs this past year, but now they're kind of going smaller. Now their their bigs are Cantor and Adams, and then they've got Grant, Grant as a small four and, like, McDermott as a small four. They don't really have, like, a bigger four who can defend it all because Cantor plays the four, but he's not going to defend there at all. So they could end up making a move there. Um, they could end up maybe bringing in another shooter or something like that. Gay is obviously a possibility. He visited in Oklahoma City before Ennis decided to break the news that he was there. Did you see that tweet? Uh, I did not. 
Oh my gosh, Canner Canner tweeted out yesterday the way that everyone found out that Rudy Gay was visiting in Oklahoma City was Canner goes into the locker room, sees uh, sees next to Russell Westbrook's locker is like a plaque that's up on the locker. The locker next to Russell Westbrook's has been empty all season because Russ likes his space, so the locker's empty. They, so they for Rudy Gay's visit, they made up a plaque of like what his locker would look like, and they put a plaque that said Rudy Gay on it, and they just put it in the empty locker next to where Russ's locker is in the locker room. Canner went in there, and he took a photo of it, and then tweeted out tweeted it out with sources tell Ennis Cantor and then shocked face emoji, and everyone's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, did they did they sign Rudy Gay? And all the Thunder reporters are like hitting up their sources and like I'm calling people and like did they sign Rudy Gay? What is what is Cantor t- talking about? Like. I'm figuring it out, and then and then I finally find out like no, they they did not sign Rudy Gay. Uh, Ennis is just a total goofball, and thought it would be hilarious to tweet that out. He's just in Oklahoma City on a visit, and um, and and that was a prop. That was a prop. That locker for the visit, and Canner is just a total goofball. I I love I love the idea of like somebody you know they have the players tribune so like Derek Jeter reaches out to to Canner and says all right so what what you need to learn here is you need to be, <laughs> give some journalism tips on hey Kevin right, Kevin Durant Kevin Durant is deputy editor of players tribune yeah so <laughs> that's all all that needs to happen right now is is somebody to give Cantor some tips on how how best to uh, the best practices on reporting stories and then and then you don't have to worry about that again um no, I, I, I think I, if if you had to bet one way or the other, and this is kind of how I'll I'll wrap up. If you had to bet one way or the other with how this all plays out, uh, George or Westbrook, both three up in Oklahoma City, one of those guys are gone, or or both of them are gone. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I. I mean, I, I think the chances of Paul George staying are pretty low. So, either, either, either. I guess I'll say that Russ stays and George goes, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Who knows? Like, I, I honestly haven't had the time to be able to find out yet how much Paul George swings Westbrook in either direction. Yeah, you know. So I'm kind of in the dark on that. Like I can guess from what I knew before, but the situation is so much different than what it was before. I haven't, I haven't spoken to, I haven't gotten enough word. I mean, Russ is so private. Good for him. He's super private. He doesn't want people poking around his business. And I think honestly, people mostly respect that, uh, and people don't find out this stuff. And so I, I don't, I don't know how much Paul George. Uh, changes Westbrook. I, I don't. Uh, I don't think he's going to extend like today or tomorrow. But maybe I'm wrong on that too. You know, they. I didn't think they were going to get Paul George, and then look at what they did. I mean, they. Just like you talked about, how the Lakers aren't leaking. The Thunder just never leak anything. If things leak, it's almost always from another organization. If something involves them or from an agent or anything along those lines, like it doesn't really ever come from them. They just don't really tell anybody anything. So. Uh, I it's hard to say it's hard to say what Russell Westbrook's thinking because you have one of the most private organizations matched up with one of the most private superstars and that's like a that's like a super team of privacy <laughs> the the uh, what's what Superman's lair or whatever the uh, whatever solace like that's that's basically what's going on there between those two guys I, I, I my last question here I, I forgot I wanted to ask you this was this a was this a gamble 
on Oklahoma City's part that they like did they make this trade knowing you know or leaning one way or the other that that Paul George would probably not re-up you know was because it does kind of kill two birds with one stone if you're rebuilding you don't necessarily want Victor Oladipo's contract on on the books if George leaves and then you know on you have to play out for the the hypothetical that Russ leaves too. So was this was this one of those gambles that they make and say, look, we we really tried Russ and he didn't re up, or was this something like, all right, if he doesn't re up, we're we're hitting the ground running when it comes to this rebuild. I think it was both. Mm-hmm. I think it was planning for multiple scenarios, and it was well, if both of them leave, then you got cap room. You're going to have a good draft pick. Uh, you know they've traded draft picks, but they're all they're all at least top fourteen protected. So uh, you know, they'll they'll be able to get those. And one that's going to now Orlando is in twenty twenty is top twenty protected, but it doesn't it just rolls over immediately into two second rounders. So if if they're not good, they're in a rebuild. Like they'll they'll hold on to that pick, and the a first rounder will never even convey. So I, I think um, I think it's kind of planning for both. I think if it works out. I don't think they they necessarily made the trade with any sort of expectation that like, oh, Paul George is going to come here and he's going to love it and he's going to stay. I don't think that's necessarily the expectation. I think they're going to work their asses off to try to make sure that that's what does happen, but I don't know if that's what the expectation is. And uh, if they both leave, I think they're in an okay position for a rebuild with one of the best drafting GMs really ever. I mean, some of the draft picks that he, he's got the best drafting run of any GM ever. And that, that 2007 through 2009 draft draft run when in 07, he took Durant, 08, he took Westbrook and Ibaka and 09, he took Carden, which is honestly, I'm not using hyperbole, probably the greatest draft run of all time. Yeah, so it's definitely up there. Yeah. So, so there's just, I think they're in a better position today than they were, um, you know, than they were not that long ago and i think it was a move that you know russ wanted help and i think paul george constitutes his help and uh (laughs) (laughs) and if russ were going to leave before with the big old depot contract big adams contract which i actually think is a good contract still because it's less than a max which is what he would have gotten in free agency this summer if he were to hit it i i think i think they would have been in a worse position if they already had all that salary on their books with some other free agents and and now they're just going to be they're going to have more flexibility in 2018 either way and i think that's always a good thing yeah i i I agree with all of that i i think it was a great move not just it it, literally it's really rare that a a move that can be perceived as a gamble is actually a long-term rebuild play as well like that's pretty rare that they that somebody can pull that off it's it's pretty incredible that was a great job by those guys yeah well tim tim mcmahon tweeted out uh, that an exec texted him i'll paraphrase it because i don't remember the exact wording but that it was that it was the best salary dump possible. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, what it was. I mean, they saved four million. They saved four years on Old Depot's contract, and they bring in one of the best players in the league. I mean, look, it, this is not apples to apples. This is definitely apples to oranges. But like with the, with the Lakers' salary dump, they had to get rid of arguably their their best young player to get rid of Timothy Mozgov's deal. Now, obviously, the reason this isn't apples to apples is because. Uh, Victor Oladipo is immensely more valuable moving forward than Timothy Mozgov is going to be, but it's still like it just goes to show that in a in essentially what could be seen as a salary dump, they got one year of a top thirteen player in the NBA. Like I think that's really impressive. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. This was. Uh, are you going to be in Vegas? 
Uh, yes, I will be in Vegas. Nice. I'm getting there on the seventh. I'm going. I'll be there on the ninth. I have a wedding on Saturday night, and they they didn't want to move it to Vegas. I I was kind of bummed. <laughs> <laughs> who does weddings during summer league that's so rude it's it's the worst right so so rude all right man well thanks uh thanks again for for you know answering my my dms and and uh best of luck i'm really i i can't wait to watch this what's their best five like i guess they haven't they need another move but it's russ shooting guard x i guess it'd be Ro- robertson they're, they're probably they're probably bringing back robertson yeah i think there's a very good chance they bring back robertson yeah, unless unless to. somebody makes him just some obscene offer and restricted free agency, which is becoming less and less likely as teams lose lose cap space, I still th- I still think it's possible that maybe Brooklyn misses out on everybody and they offer him a crazy amount of money. But unless somebody offers him just a ridiculous number, which is way above what the Thunder have him at, I think the Thunder are committed to resigning him. Yeah, I would I would I would imagine so too. So you have uh, Russ Robertson, George, or would probably you, I... probably Grant at the four. And, uh, and then, and then Adams. Stephen Adams. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good defensive starting five. Yeah, definitely. And I'd, I'd actually like to see if, if the Thunder could somehow swing. You know, if, if like Rudy Gay is the player there, then you have kind of both of those guys play like the pseudo 3-4 position that's become really popular in the NBA. But if the Thunder could somehow get another athletic wing and then be able to try to convince George to play the four in big moments, then that's a really fun team. That's a that's, yeah, or, that's a team. Or or you bring or you bring Gay off the bench and have him run your, your bench lineups and he's like your go to bench guy and you're not necessarily as forced to stagger so strictly if that's something that Russ or, or Paul George doesn't want to do because some superstars don't like doing that. So mm-hmm. that's a possibility also. But yeah. we'll see if Rudy Gay actually comes. I'm not hundred percent sure that that's gonna end up happening. Well, we'll I'll have to pay extra attention to Ennis Canner's <laughs> timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll he'll he's the go to guy now. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you soon. It sounds like I'll see you in Vegas. Yeah, I'll see you there. All right, that was Fred Katz of the Locked on Thunders podcast. And and look, he... Locked on Thunders. I just did the thing my dad does where he adds like an S to all of these uh, Harrison, what did you think of the conversation with Fred? That was fun, right? You can get locked on catching these hands in Vegas, and Fred <laughs> can too. I, I now, you know what? I, I was I was on Fred's team, fellow journalist for life, you know, fellow Locked On Network host. But now, you know, I'm siding with Josh Hustis. Me, it, me, and Josh Hustis now have a blood feud with Fred Katz. Man. So would you say that Fred might catch these hands? Yeah, Fred, you can catch these hands in Vegas. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I I don't know what happened. I thought you were on the, the call with us. I I was yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I shouldn't be mad quiet. at Fred. This is probably your fault. Well, technically, you could say you you're you're angry at Fred, and you could mean me as well. So technically, technically. All right. That does it, though. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this. As always, find the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron. Make sure you're going to blueapron.com slash Lakers to get that $30 off your first purchase there. Uh, I am Anthony Irwin. I am back. Uh, so long as my data holds up, I am back. <laughs> uh, Harrison is also here. Thank you, Harrison, for holding down the fort last week. And uh, let's let's talk more about Tyreek Evans next next show how's that sound kill me
fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. Right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.